Thank you for joining us for the Tucson Baptist Church podcast with Pastor Brent Armstrong. This podcast features the messages from the teaching and preaching ministry at our church. Tucson Baptist Church is located in Tucson, Arizona, and we are committed to loving God, growing together, and reaching our community. If you would like to learn more about our ministry, please visit TucsonBaptist.com. We pray that today's message is an encouragement to you. Well, this morning in Daniel chapter 6, we're going to read the first five verses. So if you join me in standing, we're going to read the first five five verses in Daniel chapter number 6. Verse number 1, the Bible says this. It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 princes, which should be over the whole kingdom. And over these three presidents, of whom Daniel was the first, that the princes might give accounts unto them, and the king should have no damage. Then this Daniel was preferred above the presidents and princes, because an excellent spirit was in him. And the king thought to set over him the whole realm. Then the presidents and princes sought to find occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom, but they couldn't find none occasion nor fault. For as much as he was faithful, neither was there any error or fault found in him. Then said these men, we shall not find any occasion against this Daniel, except we find it against him concerning the law of his God. Would you join me as we pray? Father, I thank you so much for Uh, The wonderful uh, occasion several hours ago that New Beginning Baptist Church had. And Lord, I pray that you will bless Pastor Sieber, his family, as they endeavor to reach their community for your honor and your glory. And Lord, I pray that that church will be strengthened through your word, that they'll be strengthened uh, through prayer. And Lord, that they'll just be able to see uh, their community reach for your honor and your glory. But Father, I ask that this morning as we open your word and we look at this story here in Daniel, Lord, that you'll speak to every one of our hearts. Lord, whether we identify as a Christian, maybe we haven't entered into a relationship with you yet, maybe we've been a Christian for three years or 30 years, Lord, every one of us need to have character. And Lord, I pray that this morning as we look at these principles from the life of Daniel, that you'll be honored and glorified, and as we leave, help us to be people and Christians who are exemplary in our character. Lord, I pray that you'll just be with this message now. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. You could be seated this morning. There, I draw you back to verse number three in Daniel chapter six. And the Bible, and I paused there when we read it, but it says that he had an excellent spirit. An excellent spirit. The word excellent there means extraordinary or surpassing. It was something that stood out among the rest. And then the word spirit there talks about, or it's been in other parts of the Bible, it's defined as the word wind. Now, we can't see wind, but we can see the effects of the wind. Several weeks ago, I came here on a Sunday morning, and and that Saturday night, we had a a big windstorm, and the wind was howling, and I came back in the parking lot on Sunday morning before our main staff got here to clean it up, and, and I could see the effects of that wind because there were palm leaves everywhere. We can't see wind, but we can see the effects of wind. And the same thing with our spirit. We can't see our spirit, but we can see the effects of our spirit. Every one of us are expressing a spirit or attitude, even this morning. As we worship and as we sing our songs, many of us, we, we, some of us, we lifted our hands to sing. 
Some of us, we're more reserved when we worship. Some of us, we like to see other people worship, and we don't like to worship ourselves. And every one of us through our lives, we are demonstrating a spirit. And that spirit that we want to talk about this morning is character. This morning, we're going to look at five principles about character. In verse number one, we see that character remains consistent. Character remains consistent. The Bible says there that it pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 princes, which should be over the whole kingdom. Now, if you're like me, sometimes when we read the Bible, we kind of glance over and we read over parts of the Bible, and we don't understand how there's application there. But here in this passage, we understand that Daniel has gone through quite a bit of his life to get to this point. In fact, a lot of commentators believe that at this point in Daniel chapter 6, Daniel was 80 years old. He wasn't a young whippersnapper anymore. Uh, He he was very uh, mature in his age, and he had quite the tenure in the government, but his character was consistent. You see, 70 years before this, he was living his life in Jerusalem. Having fun as a a little kid there, learning the Torah and and doing the things that that he just enjoyed doing. But then it came a day when Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, came and they came and they besieged Jerusalem. And Daniel was taken as captive and taken with King Nebuchadnezzar. And now from that point up until this point, he has been a slave in a different kingdom. He has been a slave where his family isn't there, his friends aren't there, and he has been a slave. And all throughout Nebuchadnezzar's reign, they said, Daniel, I want you to bow down to this idol. And he says, I'm not going to do that. And man, his character was consistent there. And then all throughout the story of Nebuchadnezzar, he was consistent in his character. And then Nebuchadnezzar ends up dying, and Belshazzar is the next king, Nebuchadnezzar's son. And Belshazzar gets on stage, and now he is king. And, and now Daniel still displays consistent character, and he is faithful even through that kingdom as well. And now Darius is the new king. And he didn't just follow in line with the Babylonian empire. Now there's a different empire that's there. Now there's a different king. And yet Daniel is still faithful in his character. Daniel, um, his character didn't change when the people around him did. This morning when we're talking about consistent character, may it be said of us that our character does not depend on the people that are around you. You know, all throughout Daniel's life, there was a a coming and going of people who are in charge of him or people around him. But yet we see throughout all the Bible here in Daniel that his character remained consistent. His character did not depend on the people that were around him. His character did not depend on the circumstances that he faced. You know, once he got into captivity, he easily could have said, well, where's God in my life now? I've spent the last 10 years studying the Torah and and being in the Jewish synagogues, but now where's God in my life now? The circumstances that we face do not dictate our character. Our character should remain consistent through all of that. And then his character did not depend on the opposition that he encountered. Throughout all of his life, throughout the book of Daniel, not one bad thing was said about Daniel. Think about that. David... One of the ones that many of us know, the the man after God's own heart. We know a lot of the dirt that was in his life. But not one bad thing was said about Daniel. Now, does that mean he was perfect? I don't believe that. But I believe that his character was so great that the author of the Bible did not want to include that. So his character remains consistent. But then notice with me, secondly, in the second verse, that character 
produces trust. Character produces trust. Verse number two, and over these three presidents of whom Daniel was first, that the princes might give accounts unto them, and the king should have no damage. So the new king, Darius, steps in, and he takes over the throne, and obviously he's concerned that these people who he has just come over and he's ruling them now, that they were going to steal from the new kingdom. He was concerned that the taxes wouldn't get to him. He was concerned that the cattle wouldn't get to him. He was concerned that the land wouldn't make its way to Darius. So because he was afraid of that, he said, all right, we're going to set a government structure. And at the top of the government structure, I'm going to have Daniel. But what's interesting is he didn't find a CPA. He didn't find a bookkeeper. He didn't find someone who had the, the resume that that were, uh, that needed to, they didn't, he, there wasn't a resume that fit that position. He looked for someone who had character. Character produces trust. Daniel was placed over everyone in the kingdom. He went 70 years before being a slave in the kingdom to being someone who was in charge of the kingdom because he demonstrated exemplary character. Daniel was trusted by the new king and government to prevent others from stealing him. But what I find about here is that trust is earned over time. Trust is not given immediately. Trust is earned over time. And if you go back to Daniel chapter 1, once Daniel is taken as captive, he goes through this process where Nebuchadnezzar is trying trying to prove him. He wants him to eat of the king's meat. He wants him to drink the wine. And Daniel says, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do what God wants me to do. And over time, Daniel was able to earn the trust of the leaders there in government because trust is earned over time. Notice with me in verse number three, though, that character leaves an impression. Character leaves an impression. The Bible says this, then this Daniel was preferred above the presidents and princes because an excellent spirit was in him. And the king thought to set over him the whole realm. We're talking about the word character. Character, when we define it, many times we define it as a a moral quality that one possesses. That would be a good definition of character. But here, when we're talking about leaving an oppression or a character, when we're talking about from the biblical definition, character is defined as a mark that is left on a coin or seal. You see, back in the day, back in those times, they would take leather or they would take hot metal and they would forge a stamp on that piece of uh, the item and then that item had the character of something on it that was worth something. Every one of us, we have a character. We are, we leave an impression. When, When someone interacts with us, we leave a mark or an imprint on their life because of our character. Daniel was chosen here. He was preferred not because of his resume, not because of his degrees. He was chosen above everyone because of his spirit or his character. Daniel had left such an impression that he remained in office through three different kings. Daniel 6 verse 3 talks about his character. But then look at Daniel chapter 5 verse 12. It says this, For as much as an excellent spirit and knowledge and understanding were found in the same Daniel. So Daniel was known as a man who had excellent character, an excellent spirit. Recently, I was talking uh, a couple nights or several months ago, Janessa and I, we were sitting on our couch at home, and the girls were in bed, and we were just having a conversation. And uh, in our conversation, she, uh, she, uh, 
throughout up to that point in our life, she had always been doing something, having a job uh, in the educational field. She was in college, but now she finds herself at home all day with three wonderful children. And the wonderful children are in an age right now where wonderful, we have to think that they're wonderful, right? Get, sometimes they're whiny and fussy and they're, they, they're very needy. And, and so Janessa, we're finding ourselves in the season of our life right now where up until this point, Janessa had a purpose for her life. She was a teacher. She was a, a leader in, in a preschool. She was getting her degree in college and now she finds herself being a mom. And that is such a, a, an incredible position. But I think we would all agree that sometimes being a mom is one of the most unappreciated positions. No one knows what moms go through. And we were sitting there on our couch that night, and I said, we were just talking. I said, Janessa, what is your purpose in life? And we kind of sat back and we thought about that. What is our purpose for life? As I think about here, Daniel had an excellent spirit in spite of his circumstances because he, because he had an overarching purpose for his life. In fact, if we go back to Daniel chapter 1, verse 3, the Bible says, But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with a portion of the king's meat. He said, From the moment I'm in captivity to this point, my life exists to honor God. You see, if our purpose in life is to obtain anything tangible, we will never have an excellent spirit. Let me say that again. If our purpose in life is to obtain something tangible, we will never have an excellent spirit. No, because we could be searching for the job promotion, and we'll do whatever it takes to get to that job promotion. Or we could be searching for that toy or that hobby or whatever it is. If we're searching for something that we can grasp earthly, that also means that we can lose it earthly. And if our spirit is dependent upon what we possess and what we assume then our spirit can also be devastated by when that tangible thing is taken from us. Daniel said he purposed in his heart in chapter 1. Now chapter 5 and chapter 6, he has an excellent spirit in spite of his circumstances. You know, you might say this morning, Jonathan, I, I would have an excellent spirit, but you don't know about the family situation. You're right, I don't. You might say, Jonathan, I would have an excellent spirit, but you don't know what has happened to me in my childhood. I, I understand that. You might be saying, John, I, I would have an excellent spirit, but fill in the blank. And if I could say it very delica delicately this morning, whatever we put in that blank there is an idol that's in our life. If I'm looking for happiness and contentment with a job promotion, then that job promotion is now a God in my life. Because if I never get it, I'm never satisfied. If that car that I want desperately or whatever it might be, we, we all have our vices and we could fill in the blank. If that's what we're living our life to possess and assume, then our lives are going to be quickly come and gone because we'll never attain what we wanted. Daniel had an excellent spirit because the overarching part of his life was, I want to please God. You know, and I, as we were talking with Janessa... And we're, we're going through this. We didn't write it down. We didn't put it on the walls. It wasn't that serious. But what we did come up to, the conclusion was, is that any season of our life, we want to point others to Christ. Janessa, as a teacher, all right, kids, here's your, here's your spelling, here's your math, but I want to point you to Christ. Right now, she has Raylan, Emery, and Brinley. 
And in this season of her life, she gets to point those three children to Christ. And in the, the tough days, the hard days, the overarching theme gets us through those days because it's something that honors God. And I also think that there's a wonderful example of this in the Bible. If you were to turn over to Philippians chapter number 1, Philippians chapter number 1, the Bible talks about this as well. Paul is writing here to the church in Philippi, but he's writing it from a mansion. A mansion that's carved into a rock, also known as a prison. And he's there in the prison because he's preaching. He's there in the prison because he's doing what God has called him to do. And in verse number 12 through 14 here in Philippians chapter 1, the Bible says this. But I would ye should understand, brethren, that the things which happen unto me have fallen out unto the furtherance of the gospel. How can you have a mentality that, man, I'm in prison, but I'm in prison because the gospel is going to go forward even more? How do you have that mentality? Verse number 13. So that my bonds in Christ are manifest in all the palace and in all other places. And many of the brethren in the Lord, waxing confident by my bonds, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. And then join me in verse chapter 4, verse number 11 through 13. So here Paul is writing to the church in Philippi, and he is literally in prison. His freedoms have been taken from him, but his mindset was, this is okay because I believe now the gospel is going to go further even more. But there in Philippians chapter 4, verse 11 through 12, it says this, not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased, I know how to abound. Everywhere in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I think it's interesting there in verse number 11, it says this, for I have learned I have learned. What that shows is that our natural state of our life is not to be content. The natural state of our life is not to be pleased with our current situation. Think about our lives. What's the next thing we want? What's the next thing we want to do? And we're always looking for the next thing, but right now, in this season of your life, what has God called you to do? You might say, well, it doesn't matter because of the trials that I'm going through. It doesn't matter because of this thing or that thing, but through it all, Paul says this, I'm in a, in a dungeon right now. I am in a prison right now. And my, the, my bonds are I'm bounded together. I have no freedoms, but I've learned even today, even right now, that I'm going to be content. This morning, as you look at your life, do you have an excellent spirit? What from your past is weighing you down? What has happened to you that you just can't let go of? I'm not saying that we need to forget everything, but what I am saying this is that every one of us should have an excellent spirit. Because when we interact with others, we will always leave an impression. When I interact with every, every single person at this church, every time that I interact with someone, I always am left with an impression. This past week, we were able to go uh, to Florida for a pastor's conference, and as we were flying back, we, um, we had a, an interesting flight attendant, and uh, we were flying back, and I was, I was back towards the, the back of the airplane, and, and I could hear this lady, she was towards the front of the plane the entire flight, 
And I'm like, that's interesting. Like, I thought something, like, there's a terrorist on the airplane. I thought something was going on because, like, she was very boisterous and very loud. And I never knew, never got to the end of the bottom or the bottom of it. And I said, well, okay, it's fine. I guess she's just having a bad day or something. I get off the airplane and uh, Janessa was there. My mom was there. And, and they said, did you hear that stewardess? And I'm like, I did hear what was going on. And they were sitting closer to the front. And, and they began telling me all that she was doing. And one of them, I can't remember which one of them said it, but they said this. Maybe she was having a bad day. You know what? She left an impression on all three of us that she was having a bad day. Maybe that was her personality. Maybe that was how she lived her life. I don't know anything about her other than this. She left a mark and an impression on us that day that that stewardess was not having a good day. And when I think about an excellent spirit, you know, many times in our life, the circumstances that we face, the problems that we face, they will have an impact on how we feel. We are emotional creatures. God has created us to express emotion. But God has also given us the plan and the, the purpose for our life to get through that and to carry on in spite of our circumstances. There in verse number four, uh, back in Daniel, we see this, that character attracts attacks. Character attracts attacks. What was Joseph doing? He was doing what he was supposed to be doing. The, gov- the king says, Daniel, I want you to be in charge of the government. Daniel says, okay, that's what you said. You're my boss. I'm going to do that. Again, Daniel didn't do anything wrong. Verse number four, then the presidents and princes sought to find occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom. They were a little bit jealous. Maybe they were part of the plan to steal some of the, the assets that were in the kingdom to, in, to put in their pockets. And now Daniel was here saying, hey, you're not going to do that. And, and maybe they were jealous, but it says here that they sought occasion against Daniel. They wanted to, to put Daniel down. It says there, but they could find none occasion nor fault. For as much as he was faithful, neither was there any error or fault found in him. This goes back to what Dwight was saying a little bit earlier. We look around our world right now and, and we think that we're doing everything right. And we have that coworker or that employee or that family member who doesn't want anything to do with God, doesn't want anything to do with the church. And yet in our minds, we see them and God's blessing their lives and, and they're getting promoted and they're doing all these things. And we're like, wait a second, I'm doing everything right. How is this possible? Character, when we demonstrate Christian character, it will always come under attack. Daniel was hated by everyone around him, and they sought to attack him. James Merritt uh, says this, Whenever you are told to stand down, and instead you stand up, you will stand out, and you may stand alone, and then become a target. I don't think it's any... I don't think it's any wonder in our lives that we as Christians, we stand out a little bit. When we live a life that is our full of morality and we do what's right, we stand out a little bit. And we should stand out a little bit. Because God's called us to do something even greater. But here in this passage, Daniel was doing nothing wrong. But his character came under attack because his character was what was going to be under attack. Nothing he was doing was wrong. The only thing that he was doing wrong was his character. But notice with me lastly this morning, in verse number 5, the Bible says this, Then said these men, We shall not find any occasion against this Daniel, except we find it against him 
concerning the law of his God. So the princes and the, the, the government leaders of the time, they said, okay, we're looking at Daniel. We have to do something to take him down. We have to do something to get rid of him. So they go in and they look at all of his business records. Squeaky clean. Nothing he's done is wrong. They go in and they look at this thing and that thing and nothing is shady. Everything is above board and everything has done what is right. Daniel, there was nothing that he had done that would necessitate a punishment. And here's the thing. Daniel's enemies knew that. So they said, well, if we, if we understand that he didn't do anything wrong, what is, there, is there something that he does every day in his life that we can make illegal? Sure enough, there was. If we continue reading there in chapter 6, we understand that Daniel spent time in prayer daily three times a day. It was dependable and it was consistent. Made me ask this question. If I have an enemy in my life, and they were to look at my life and said, what is something that Jonathan does every single day? Would they be able to find anything that they can make illegal? Am I so focused on having my time in the Word of God every single day that they say, okay, we could take away, we could, we could make reading the Bible illegal or praying or whatever it is. Is there something in our lives? And Daniel was consistent. But I see here in, in chapter 5 that Daniel was so, had such a high character because lastly this morning, character is produced from within. Character is produced from within. As we look at Daniel's life, he didn't go through seminars on how to be a good, a good person. He didn't go through classes. No, what he did do is he spent time daily in the word of God. He spent time daily uh, praying and spending time with his God. But his enemies knew this, that if they outlawed Daniel's religion, number one, they would, that Daniel would not follow the new law. Daniel was, his prayer life was so important to him. What he, the time that he spent in prayer was so important to him that he wouldn't obey the new law. So he, they, they understood that Daniel wouldn't obey the new law, but then they understood this, that if they eliminated prayer, it would change the way that he acted. If he eliminated prayer, it would change the way he acted. You know, they thought that then... But that's still true to this day. In fact, in the 1960s, there was litigation going on in the American uh, judicial system that said this, we want to eliminate prayer from public schools. And it started at lower-level courts, and it, all, and it ultimately granted, was granted cert in the United States Supreme Court. And there in 1962, the United States Supreme Court ruled that public schools should not have prayer as a class. Now, there's, there's, there's going back and forth between what it actually says, but what we do know is from that point forward, America changed. It changed in three different areas. First of all, it changed in morality, well-being, and education. It changed in morality in, in 1962, abortions skyrocketed. And we have some graphs here, abortions skyrocketed. In 1962, abortions went off the charts. God's not important anymore. We don't pray to him anymore in school. We don't spend time anymore uh, learning about God. So there's no, there's no need for morality. Abortions skyrocketed. But then fam family well-being also changed as well. In 1960s, right after 1962, divorce rates also skyrocketed. 
Because of that, there were a lot of single-family households. The single-family households skyrocketed as well, which ultimately led to depression, anxiety, and then we see there in 1960 and the years after that homicides also skyrocketed. None of the, this is just coincidence, right? All of these things just, just happened right after that ruling. So morality changed, well-being changed, but even education changed. In the years following 1962, the SAT scores going into college, those plummeted, and, and they actually plummeted so much that they created a new test to, to do even better. And, and even in that test, the scores still changed. Thousands of years ago, Daniel was a king in the kingdom. Over, or he wasn't the king, he was over the kingdom. He was put in charge. And the people knew that if they could change the way that Daniel prayed, it would change the way he lived. Daniel said, I'm not going to comply. And obviously, if we continue reading in Daniel chapter 6, we know he gets thrown into the lion's den. But here's what I want to say. In America, in our life, many of our lifetimes, we have seen the command to say, hey, we're going to take out prayer. And these stats... These statistics show that if we remove God from our lives, that it doesn't trend in the right direction. It always has negative consequences. And it made me ask this question. If praying was banned today, would my life change? If praying was banned today, would your life change? If they said, you can't pray anymore and, and, and you can't do it, you say, well, my I mean, I guess I just won't pray over my food anymore. I won't. Would our lives change if prayer was bound? It was uh, changed. But then I, maybe that's not tangible. No one's going to know if I pray or not. But here's the other question. If praying was banned, would my life change? See, Daniel was willing to give up his life because he would not comply with that ruling that, that he had to stop praying. Because character that he had was produced from within. No, I pray that every one of us, as we go through our lives, we are not trying to, to look the part of a Christian. We're not trying to, to, to say the right things or do the right things or, or listen to the right type of music, watch the right type of movies, dress right on Sundays. None of that matters if on the inside we aren't close with Christ. You see, Daniel was changed from the inside out. The manifestation of the, of the relationship that he had with God was seen on the outside. Many of us though, in our lives, we've tried to change the outside and never give focus to the inside. This morning, as we look at character, we see this, that Daniel is an exemplary example. This morning, we saw that character remains consistent. Through our lives, what, what is it going to take for your character to change? Maybe you're put in a circumstance where you have, you have a decision to make. Do I do right or do I do wrong? What will you choose? Maybe you're around individuals or people who, who they're not above board and maybe they want you to do things that aren't right. What are you going to do? Our character, our Christian character should remain consistent. Our Christian character produces trust. In our employer, in our families, at church, our Christian character produces trust. Thirdly, we saw that our Christian character leaves an impression. What impression are you leaving this morning? 
Fourth, we saw that our Christian character attracts attacks. Don't be surprised when we find ourselves being attacked by someone on the outside who wants to take us down because Christian character attracts attacks. Then lastly, Christian character is produced from within. Christian character is produced from within. Just before the service, I was talking to a gentleman, and he said, you know what, John, I'm so thankful that you guys created the church app. And uh, I, I take no part in that. That's all Pastor David and his doing. But, you know, we want to provide our church the resources to spend time daily in the Word of God. That devotion that we have in the church app or in that blue book that we all got the, the second week in January, there's devotions there that, are, that can guide us in our life and it can guide us in our walk with Christ. But sometimes it's very easy. Wake up Monday morning, maybe a little bit late. Got to get the coffee, got to run to work, and we forget to spend time with the Lord. And that character that God wants to produce from within us can never manifest itself because they're not time spent with God. So this morning as we close, I want us to ask the question this. Are we, as Pastor talked about two weeks ago, connecting with God. God doesn't just want to connect with us because that's our home in heaven. He wants to connect with us right now so our lives today can change. John 10, 10, this is one of my favorite verses. Jesus says, I am not come, or I am come that they might have life and that they have life more abundantly. God wants to give us abundant life today. Not just eternal life, abundant life today. And that's found through a relationship with him.